Hello, and welcome to another special episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. This is day two of this four-part series on unconditional permission to eat, food rules, and helping you become a more mindful eater. The goal of this series is to put you in the driver's seat when it comes to your eating habits, instead of feeling controlled by food or food rules. And you're going to finish this series with a clear understanding of where and how you're restricting yourself, how that affects you, and actionable steps to become more confident in your eating habits. If you have not already listened to day one on unconditional permission to eat, go back and do that. That is, I really, I think that that episode is going to be really, really helpful for you to start reframing how you approach your eating habits, no matter what your goal is. So please go back and listen to that. If you have listened and you've done the recommended exercise for that pause this episode, shoot me a message on Instagram at bite size nutri and let me know how it went. I want to hear how it went. This is one of the most exciting parts of getting to record. This is also getting to hear what you think about this and how this can help you. So please go ahead and do that. And with that today, we're going to talk about how to identify food rules and how to start challenging them. So three ways to start challenging food rules. And so I've realized recently that I've been sort of throwing around this like food rules term and people are like, well, I don't know if I have food rules. Like I just have healthy habits and the difference. And this is where I like to draw the difference. So you might have a helpful guideline. I'll give you an example for me. A helpful guideline is, you know, I try to get protein in most of my meals. Cool. That used to be a rule for me because a meal did not count as a healthy meal unless it had protein in it. So that was a rule. If I broke that rule, I felt pretty bad about myself. There was guilt involved. There was shame involved, fear of weight gain, et cetera, et cetera. Having it be a guideline now is more like, hey, like if it doesn't happen, not a big deal. But when it is, when it is something that I can do, I aim to do that, right? So that's kind of the difference between a helpful guideline and a rule. A guideline is flexible. And if the, if for some reason you can't follow the guideline, like life is not over, not a big deal, but specifically we can identify food rules through sort of three main categories. Those are what food rules, how much food rules and when food rules. And so some examples here, and you might be able to, to identify a few in yourself when you listen to this. So an example, things that I have heard frequently and also some things that I used to follow, things like no white bread, uh, only dark chocolate and not milk chocolate, um, not allowed to eat any highly processed foods, not allowed to eat any carbs or not allowed to eat pasta. So it's rules around like what types of foods are allowed. But I remember, I just remembered this. One of the funny ones for me is like, I was allowed to eat almond butter, but not peanut butter because I had heard somewhere that the oil and peanut or the fat and peanut butter was bad for me or inflammatory or something. And so I was like, oh my God, I can only eat almond butter, even though I like peanut butter better. So a what food rule is around what you are allowed to eat. A how much food rule might be something like I'm only allowed to eat one serving of carbs per day, or I'm only allowed to have one portion or I can eat one square of chocolate, but not two, or I can have, you know, one drink a week, but not more than that. Um, I can have, you know, one spoonful of peanut butter, but anything more than that. And I've broken the rules. 
Um, I'm trying to think of a how much rule that I had. I mean, my how much rule is very much based on when I was counting macros. I was terrified of going over my macros. So that was definitely how much rule. And then a when rule, a when rule is when you can eat and when you aren't allowed to eat. So common ones are like not, not being able to eat after a certain time of night or before a certain time in the morning or having strict rules on like, oh, you know, I need to have 16 hours or 12 hours between, you know, dinner and breakfast the next day. Um, or, you know, lunch is at a specific time. And if I'm hungry before that, like I'm not, that's not good. So we have the what rules, how much rules and when rules. And then we look at like, where do these rules come from? And so, for example, in the case of um, my almond butter rule, where I was like, I can eat almond butter, but I can't eat peanut butter. That came from probably some article, some, I don't remember exactly, but some article that, you know, had a headline like, your peanut butter is inflammatory. And then talking about why almonds are better for you. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't eat almond butter anymore. And so you'll find that your food rules have come from maybe like a magazine article. I, the, the, you can't eat more than 1200 calories rule has been in so many magazines. If you're a millennial like me, you probably saw this in like Allure magazine, 17 magazine, women's health magazine over and over and over it might've come from other people. And those other people might even be professionals in the nutrition or training space. And so I know, for example, especially in the CrossFit world, there were all of these rules around like, you know, can't eat any sugar or like you have to avoid processed carbs. And so they may be, those rules may have come from something that someone that is a professional in the nutrition or health field has told you. It may also come from social media. It may come from, you know, someone that you follow that like never eats bread, for example, or never eats like a certain type of fruit. I don't know. And so I want to, I want to be clear that your food rules, I'm not telling you that, that they're always absolutely bullshit, that there's no truth behind the fact that like maybe almond butter does have more nutrients in it than peanut butter. For example, I'm not going to go into the nutrient content of almonds versus peanuts because they're different, but I want to make, I want I want to make it clear that I'm not telling you that some of these guidelines are always bullshit because sometimes they are based in fact, not always, sometimes they are based in fact, but this is where we need to look at context and context is super important. And for a really long time, there was, you know, I remember my dad sending me an article being like, don't eat eggs. Eggs are bad for you. You can only eat one egg a week. And when we looked at that in the context of like the actual facts around egg consumption, that was not a hard and fast rule. That was based on biased research. That was based on a population that had nothing to do with me. And so in that sense, there was a little bit of truth to like, hey, like maybe high egg consumption for certain populations is not fantastic, but context is important. And this is where I think it's really important to know that when you look at what is a rule and what is a guideline, when we're lacking flexibility, that's where they cause problems. And it's important to understand how these rules are benefiting you at the moment. And so right now, like we do things because they benefit us. So right now you might have a food rule because that absolves you of the personal responsibility and the decision-making process. So let's say, you're like, I am not allowed to eat milk chocolate, only dark chocolate. That absolves you of the responsibility of having milk chocolate at home and having to decide, do I want some today or not? 
because there's fear of if I have it at home, I might eat the whole thing. And this goes back to what we talked about yesterday. So for example, like, let's say you have the rule of, I can't eat anything after 8 PM. You are absolving yourself of the responsibility and the choice of checking in with your hunger, identifying if potentially it could be a good idea to eat or not to eat. And also the responsibility of being like, well, what is going to be helpful for me to eat in order to support my goals? Instead, you're just like, nope, hard and fast rule. All right, cool. And this is because food rules are sneaky motherfuckers. They're sneaky motherfuckers. Even serving sizes could potentially be a food rule for someone. So let's say you buy a package of something and it says, you know, portion size is this much. And you're like, well, if I eat any more than this portion size, I've messed up. Oh my gosh, bad. But serving sizes are actually based on the average amount of food that people people typically consume of that food. They have nothing to do with what you quote unquote should consume. And this is where I talked about yesterday about the abstinence violation effect. And so this is where when we have a rule, you know, going back to the Um, you know, can't eat milk chocolate rule, can only eat dark chocolate. Let's say you have this rule, I can't eat milk chocolate. You eat some milk chocolate and you're like, well, fuck it, I already messed up. So I might as well just eat the whole bar. That way I no longer have to deal with it being in the house. Um, I've already broken the rule. So, I mean, I've already messed up. And so this can lead to this like binge restrict cycle of like eating a ton of something and then be like, no, 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 I can't have it in the house. You might see this, for example, let's say you have some chips that are left over from a party. And you start eating them, you eat a little bit more than you deem to be okay. You're like, well, might as well finish off the bag. Then there won't be any more and I don't have to deal with it. And so this can be really difficult when we see something as a hard and fast rule. And this requires some cognitive flexibility, which is a big part of what we're learning in this series of how can I shift these instead of being rules? How can they be potential guidelines if you do feel like they are helpful for you? In the case of me, for example, with the protein in my meals, for me, shifting that to a guideline just relieved a lot of pressure. And it let me, again, practice unconditional permission to eat so that I could be like, ooh, there's this thing that I really want to eat. It doesn't have protein in it. I'm not breaking a rule. I have a general guideline that I follow most of the time. Sometimes I don't follow it. Not a big deal. And so let's identify your food rules. And then we're going to get to the actionable tips and homework part. So how to identify? So ask yourself when it comes to when rules, are there certain times of the day when you believe you should or should not be eating? So let's say, you know, you're, you get hungry at 11 a.m. And in your head, you're like, no, lunch is at 12. Do you force yourself to wait and get really, really hungry because you feel like you shouldn't eat earlier? Do you cut yourself off from eating after a certain time? And if you're hungry after that, you feel guilty for eating or you force yourself to ignore your hunger. Maybe you you have certain foods, you're like, this is a breakfast food, or this is a dinner food. I can't eat it at a certain, another time. You're going to identify how much rules by asking yourself, like, is there a certain amount of food that I deem that's acceptable and an amount of food that is not acceptable? For example, you know, you're allowed to eat one spoon of peanut butter, but if you eat any more than that, oh my gosh, you've lost control and you've broken the rule. This goes, I hear this one a ton with chocolate as well. So ask yourself, like, do I have a rule around how much food is acceptable? And you might want, you might rationalize this by being like, well, this is the amount that's healthy. And I'm going to challenge you to like pause that thought and just say it and remind you that there is no absolute as far as like how much or what is healthy. 
And we're going to kind of learn a little bit more about that. And then what rules you can ask yourself, like, are there certain foods that I allow myself to eat and other foods that are off limits? And when I eat those foods that are off limits, how do I feel? Like, is there guilt and shame involved? Is it just like that, whatever? And what happens if I break that rule? So maybe you allow yourself to eat bread, but you're only allowed whole grain. You're not allowed white bread or you cut out a food group or you tell yourself, I can't have any fried food. And then you feel guilty or ashamed if you eat those foods. So that's how to identify and actionable tips. And I want to let you know that it's okay to feel surprised. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I had created these food rules for myself because we, there's a narrative that's like, you need to have these rules. Otherwise you're going to lose control. And this is what we're working on in this series. So actionable tips. Once you, now you've understood how to identify, I want you to write the, down the rules that you can think of. And this can, this is something that when I do this with clients, we'll often take a week and just sort of get curious and observe over the course of a week. Like, what are the things that pop up in my mind when perhaps I try to practice unconditional permission to eat and, oh, there's something like, oh no, like that's not okay. Like write those down, take, put a note in your phone, get a journal. And this is something that, you know, we can't fix what we're not aware of because later on, we want to actually look at those food rules and challenge them individually. And then you'll get better at challenging them all together. And so starting with a list means that we can be more strategic. Then we want to look at like, how much do you believe these rules? You can use a scale of one to 10 or a percentage. And then also I'd love for you to, if you can identify where you got this information. And so this is an example. When I think back on this, I like have to laugh because I didn't at the point, this was years and years ago. I didn't know any better. I was like, fat loss was so important to me. And so I would have believed like eating cotton balls was a good idea. If you had told me that it would help me get abs, like, honestly, I, it was bad. Um, I used to believe very firmly without actually like looking into the evidence or taking into consideration context. I used to believe that tomatoes and carrots had too much sugar. And I know, like when I hear this, I'm like, this is fucking wild. Like what? And I had gotten that information from a dear friend of mine who's still a friend to this day. I adore her. But, and this is something like her and I talk about this all the time. She was really deep in her own issues and being really fearful around food. And she had gotten that information from her bodybuilding coach who was, whose entire job was to prep bodybuilders for the stage. Like they needed to be hyper, hyper, hyper specific with every single thing they ate because they needed to get to incredibly lean body fat levels, which context, I did not need to do that. And so until I was able to break down that chain of information and until I was able to realize like, that's not a helpful guideline for me. And it's not information that's relevant to my situation in life at all. I was able to challenge that rule and realize, oh, nothing, like literally nothing bad happens. Only good things happen when I eat those foods. Like tomatoes and carrots are awesome. Like I could throw that rule in the trash, but I had to identify where I got the information, how much I believed it. And then if it was actually applicable to me. And so your homework is to take one of the rules that you believe the least. So this is a rule that isn't something that you're like, oh yeah, I 100% believe this. Like maybe it's a rule that you've already been a little bit curious about. Like, why do I have, like, why do I believe that like I should only eat peanut butter and not almond butter, for example? 
And so let's say that, you, you know, you've got the belief of like, oh, you know, I should only eat dark chocolate, not milk chocolate. And you believe that you're like, eh, I believe that like 30%. Like it seems, eh, seems valid, but like also it's not something I would die by. And so maybe you test that out by getting a bar of milk chocolate and you eat a square of it when you would maybe normally eat some dark chocolate and be like, what happened? Did I enjoy it? Did I not enjoy it? Like, did the thing that I was scared of happen or not happen? And you might notice like, oh, nothing bad happened. Or maybe I, maybe actually don't enjoy milk chocolate as much as I thought, or maybe I do, I don't know. But the point is, is that you're able to challenge this way of thinking and that helps build flexibility. And I want to make a note here, trying to tackle all of your food rules at once, or even trying to tackle all of your food rules, like, oh, I do this one time and all of a sudden I'm cured. This is amazing. That is both unrealistic and can potentially be overwhelming. And this is why when we work on this in coaching, we usually do one at a time, review it, reflect on it. And this is so you actually can like settle into new habits and then level up rather than trying to make a million shifts all at once. And then it just feels like a lot. And so tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit about why we put certain foods on a pedestal, why foods feel special, mindless eating and how it makes it harder to practice unconditional permission to eat and really be aware of those food rules. And we're also going to talk about cravings, why you crave some foods, why you don't crave others. And I want your feedback, my friend. I want your feedback. If you have any questions about food rules, if you want to share with me what it was like for you to challenge one of your food rules, if you just think, hey, people need to listen to this episode, uh, write to me on social media, post this episode and tag me on Instagram. That would, that would be so awesome. And I can't wait to hear from you. I hope that you're enjoying this. I hope that you are already signed up for my emails so that you are getting the accompanying information for this podcast, because that's really cool as well. I'm hoping to put together, I'm recording this ahead of the time and I'm hoping to put together some fun PDFs for you, or at least a little video or something. And tomorrow we are gonna be back with day three. So thanks for being here and I will talk to you very soon.